0: I tell my clients, therapies like dating, if you don't like me, that's fine, dump me. But tell me you're gonna dump me, don't ghost me. And I will find you someone that I think will work with your personality and will work with the issues that you're having. I was like, this is the most nerve wracking EMDR session I've ever been in my life because I have a 22 pound cat that was sitting on the floor looking at the light bar, and you could see his little butt wiggling, and he was like, I'm ready to
1: go. You're listening to the Therapist to Millions podcast, where we get under the skin and into the brains of the world's leading therapists with Dr. Susan Spicer and myself, Damian Mark Smith, as we delve into the world of all kinds of effective therapies with fascinating and challenging cases, plus marketing tips and what's really working in mental health right now. Hello and welcome to the Therapist to Millions podcast, where we get under the skin and into the brains of therapists around the world and today all the way from the us of a we're not going to mention the time zone changes uh we have a counselor in ohio cassie eaton who offers trauma-informed post-traumatic stress therapy emdr and counseling now cassie this is going to be a really interesting one because cassie published a prose poetry book in her early 20s, called Amitriptyline Queen under a different name, a pen name, Jane Christopher, detailing her personal struggles with mental health and the mental health system. And it was a document of her own journey from, uh, through trauma from the client's chair to the therapist chair. So Cassie teaches her clients to live a happy, healthy life while remaining in their window of effective tolerance. I love that. Plus, she adds a Taoist approach by teaching an understanding of chi and how to balance internal and external energies. And she looks amazing, Cassie. Welcome to the show.
0: <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. I really appreciate it.
1: So, give us a little bit of a, a little bit of a background. Obviously, you know your journey is is incredible. I mean, it sounds like you know we can spend the, the whole time on this one. Give us a little bit of a background. How did you? go from being in therapy to ending up as a therapist tell us all about it
0: well um honestly i wasn't in therapy much is how i ended up as a therapist um i was very um disenchanted by by going to therapists and getting the uh uh-huh uh-huh yeah okay response to anything and everything i said um so as I was working through my own trauma, and I did a lot of that independently, um I realized that's not the kind of therapist I wanted to be. I wanted to be somebody that could that i that I could uh, allow my clients to feel that I could feel what they were feeling. so really, when you incorporate some of that energy balancing into the sessions. And into the concept of holding space for someone, that's what I wanted to be able to give my clients because that's what I needed as a as a client in my early 20s. Mm. Um, I needed somebody that I could feel like they they were with me in my trauma. They were holding that space for my trauma, and they were at a very actively listening. And you know, our definition of actively listening in therapy is oftentimes we'll just don't react just let them (laughs) say what they need to say and don't react to it. But some clients need that reaction, they need to be heard and and genuinely and empathetically heard. Um, In my early 20s. uh, Well, actually, it started about 17 years old, Um, I started to experience some very significant depression. Um, It kind of came out of nowhere came with uh, maybe a few situational life changes regarding my parents. But really the the extensiveness of this depression was um, very uneven to the situational changes that were occurring in my life Um, so they started me on antidepressants very little evaluation prior to just tossing me on some some antidepressants and I, I I found that to be very problematic by because by the age of 18, my freshman year in college, um, the antidepressants through my bipolar disorder and and I had total nervous breakdown. Mm. Um, they, they, they made me so manic, um, because I was not also being treated with a mood stabilizer. So you're literally just hitting the gas on this really bad bipolar depression without even uh, really evaluating and realizing that it's bipolar depression. You know, we're just, this is a sad teenager. So we're just going to medicate her and see how she does. Uh, She didn't do well. So I, (laughs) I did not do well. And, and I would say from the years of 18 to about 2020, um, I went through multiple medication trials trying to find something that was actually going to help. I went through multiple therapists. I went through multiple doctors. Um, the book is actually entitled Amitriptyline Queen because I was I was so manic by the time I got to one of my first uh, actual psychiatrists that uh, they had dosed me up on about eight, 80 milligrams of amitriptyline a day, which I don't know. If if anybody's aware of this, but it's a tricyclic, old school antidepressant, um, very heavily sedating. So I was just walking through life bumping into walls, trying not to respond or react. Unfortunately, if I had a therapist that had been able to look at this through a trauma perspective, they would have realized that I was just constantly being triggered into fight and flight mm-hmm. and then alternatively being triggered into freeze-and-bond responses so um, I had a life of complex trauma up until the age of 18 when I had my nervous breakdown at 18 Um, there was a a huge trauma that had occurred in my life um, and I was just reacting one or the other I was totally outside of my window of effective tolerance on a regular basis you don't you can't really effectively treat that with medications So I, what I needed was someone to have heard me and to have sat with me in those spaces and co-regulated with me and allowed me to reach my window of effective tolerance. Mm -hmm. And then when you look at that stuff, you're looking at a lot of polyvagal theory and things like that. However, when you look at polyvagal theory and the trauma realm, you're really just looking at yin and yang and balancing your chi and things that have been around since, you know, the dawn of time in, in, in Eastern civilizations. So.
1: Well, that's—I mean—that certainly explains you know your your, your use of EMDR. Um, but tell us a little bit about the the Taoist and the Chi. Uh, where, where does that come from, and how do you incorporate that?
0: So it is so strange, but my mom, um, who is who like you know raised this very Italian Catholic, this very Italian Catholic woman, um, when I was about eight years old, seven or eight years old, she started getting into Eastern philosophy, Eastern medicine. She started up in a martial arts group. Um, and just tagging along with her um so by the time i was in third grade i i actually did tai chi at my talent show now <laughs> and so <laughs> odd selection right yeah. um but i have got up on stage in front of all these people and i did a, a tai chi uh, ex, like example presentation for my third grade talent show and you know we're talking like 1991 nobody knew what the heck i was doing wow. um and so but I, they loved it. They were like, that was really cool to watch. And like, you're like, you know, so calm and so collected and you're doing this and you're like 10, <laughs> you know, um, and, and it was a great experience. And so um, I pulled away a little bit from that. But then when I was 15, my mom actually took us with a group of people on a um kind of like a pilgrimage little buddhist pilgrimage feng shui pilgrimage through china so we spent 21 days in china when i was 15 years old and we got to go to all of the temples and and meet a lot of uh Daoist masters and things like that and it was quite amazing experience mm-hmm. um as as i started to get sick i started pulling away from that more but when um i got my you know head together and my space together um, I realized all these things that my mom had been instilling in me from you know 10 to to, till today she still does Um, (laughs) um, they were so applicable to therapy and then when all of this research on polyvagal theory started coming out I looked at it and I, I was that was what I was relating it to in my head it was what I was seeing it as I was like they're trying to get you into this window of effective tolerance. They're trying to get you to co-regulate. They're trying to get you to self-regulate. And, and really what you're looking at is, am I too yin? Am I too yang? Am I balanced? Is my energy significantly and effectively distributed throughout my body? And am I going with the flow of how things should be? Or am I trying to control and prevent and make things happen to prevent crisis and prevent trauma and prevent all these terrible things, or am I just going with the flow? And in Taoism culture, they look at Wu Wei, which is kind of to go with the flow of nature and to be one Mm -hmm. with the things around you. Um, And so I find that instead of rambling on about polyvagal theory to my clients, that when I give them this kind of more Eastern perspective on things, they can understand it and they can actually more quickly feel it. Which is more important? Nice. Um, takes a long time to get someone to use calming strategies and to understand that they are effective. But when you talk about with your clients, where do you feel that in your body? You know, which is also something that they they that rolls with the EMDR practices is where do you feel that disturbance and that stress in your body? how can we balance it out how can we get it evenly distributed get rid of the negative energy and bring in more positive energy and more neutral energy
1: i love it now i did tai chi for years and and um there's actually a, a couple of fantastic little exercises you can do qigungs, which uh, you can like you can create a Qi ball you can actually create an energy ball and you can do stuff with it and people feel it they actually feel the energy ball. Yes. wow that's so cool and it's experiential it's really good Uh, So when
0: I ask my clients, are you feeling an energy, are you feeling that chi, that energy ball? Are you feeling that sitting somewhere in your body? Then my, my job is, is it dorsal vagal? Is it up the top? You know, are you having a fight flight response? Is that energy all up here? Or is it lower? Is it in your stomach? And then what moves can we do in the therapy practice? What moves can you do on your own to move that around and make it more evenly distributed within your body?
1: Nice. I love it. So cool. Okay. Now, using some hypotheticals and no identifying factors, give us some examples of success stories, some maybe challenging cases, and maybe an unusual or fascinating, interesting one as well.
0: So, um, I don't ever talk about the clients that I see because of the line of work that I do. So even in hypotheticals, but I will tell you this, the most amazing success story I've had is myself. Um, And so that's kind of what I wanted to talk a little bit about. When I first entered therapy in 2001, um, I I know that we don't use this, this global assessment of functioning score anymore, but I had a global assessment of functioning score of, I think it was 25. At 35 and lower, you're usually in a group home. I was staring at walls. I was not moving. I was not. I was practically catatonic at one point. Um, and I don't know. I can't assess my own global fun- a global assessment of functioning score now, but it's pretty up there. I mean, it's not a hundred. Nobody's a hundred, but <laughs> it's maybe in the eighties. Um, and and I think the fact that like I was able to experiment with so many different types of therapy for myself. And really work through the process on my own, which is not really something I recommend for people, but but finding a therapist that fits you is so incredibly important. And unfortunately, people don't realize that if you don't mesh and you don't feel comfortable with your therapist, it's not going to be effective therapy. I don't care who they are. If you don't feel like you can relate to them and, you, and you're and you in, in that co-regulation state with them, it's not going to be effective therapy. Um, I tell my clients, therapy is like dating. If you don't like me, that's fine. Dump me. But tell me you're going to dump me. Don't ghost me. And I will find you someone that I think will work with your personality and will work with the issues that you're having. Um, it's very important that you kind of look around and shop around with therapists. And I, I know that's that so sounds true. like quite a luxury, but it's, it's important. And, and, you know, when you think about like um, with my global assessment of functioning score raising so much, it was because I could never find somebody that I really felt like I meshed with. Um, but I meshed with myself. And so if I sat with myself and I was able to look at things, um, I was able to uh, gain a better understanding and, and gain a, a tremendous amount of insight. And, and I will get into that when you go into a couple more of your questions, but um, Reading is incredibly important for growing your insight. Listening to music is incredibly important for gaining insight into yourself. When you can relate and resonate with someone else's words and how they've put those, they've put your emotions on a page or they've put your emotions um, in a song, um, it allows you to say, oh, wow, yeah, that's what I'm feeling. That's what I'm going through. And then you can stop and you can say, now, where's that coming from?
1: Love it. Now, do what I did. This is an incredible segue as well. Now, the reason I'm saying that is because last week's podcast, we had someone on and we were talking about book writing. And Dr. Susan and I, we, uh, we're we quite happy to test things out and try things out. Obviously, Therapist of Millions is pretty new. The podcast is pretty new. But we we ask our our therapists when they join our starter membership what they would like to achieve most by the by joining the membership and 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 the number one f- bit of feedback was I'd love to write a book if you haven't already written a book I'd love to write a book or I'm writing a book I'm researching a book so we thought great let's let's create a book writing challenge we put it out there and we had we heard crickets we literally heard we had one person interested so. We went out and we asked, we said, well, hold on a minute. You said you wanted to write a book. What's going on? And we had, we, we ended up finding this elephant in the room and it was I'm burned out. I'm overwhelmed. I've got no time. I I, I haven't got the bandwidth to do it. And this is why that's a lovely segue because we then put a post out on Facebook. We asked people, how do therapists take care of themselves? It's now an extra question we even put in this podcast. And we even recorded a, a webinar last week where we go with a 30 minute free webinar. Anyone listening to this, to just go to therapist to millions. It's on there. You can sign up. You can see it talking about self-care. Do you have a therapist? Do you have someone to talk to? What do you do to spend the time in nature? Do you listen to music? Do you look after yourself? Do you get sleep? Do you, all of those things, we talk about those. Do you have a VA? You know, sometimes for some people it's the admin stuff on the end, the end of the day that causes the issues. So that's a brilliant segue. So thank you for bringing that up. And we will put the links to this in the show notes. And as a result of that, by the way, this is going out tomorrow instead of two weeks when it was supposed to be going out. So that's a beautiful segue. Thank you for that, Cassie. We'll talk about books in a minute. Uh, <laughs> just um, actually, no, just uh, now let's answer this one. So what what do you do now, as well as you know some of the things you've mentioned, what are those things that you do to make sure that you do take care of yourself first?
0: Um, well, I've recently switched my practice from um, in person to uh, predominantly virtual therapy, yeah. um, and that is what that was one of the big things for me in finding that work life home balance. Um, and and what I do for self care is I, I'm I'm almost embarrassed to admit this. But I have a, I have a pool in my backyard, which I live in Ohio. So you only get about three to four good months of it. So in, in in those three to four good months of having my pool, if I have a cancellation, like I sit there going, Oh, cancel, 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 because I, my ass is going in that pool. I want to get in that Ah. pool for 20 minutes in my floaty. And, and I blare like 90s R&B music as loud as I possibly can. And I don't have neighbors, which is lovely. And so I get in that pool. I put my glitter floaty on. I listen to my 90s R&B. I do a little shoop and and I just decompress Completely. Um, another music is a huge thing for me as far as self care goes. So when I wake up in the morning, my alarm goes off, and it is the Circle of Life from The Lion King. Nice. So you immediately hear that, like just that. That's my like. What do they call it these days? A hype song. So that goes off, and I am just it just my whole stress level goes down, and I my whole excitement and joy for the day level goes up. Um, I use music a ton to switch my moods. And so if I'm feeling burned out, if I'm feeling tired, I will start with a song that is something that I can relate to something that's like, Oh, you know, life is terrible. And I'm so burned out and I'm so tired. And then I find a transition song and then I get into a hype song. So I really kind of work to build that. And it really helps with that burnout so much. My pool is by far my favorite Opportunity. Um, I act I surprisingly. I, I enjoy exercise sometimes, um, not on a regular basis by any means. But we have elliptical in the basement. If I get on that, I can really go with some good music and get some stress out that way.
1: Love it. I love it. Love it. Love it. Fantastic. So let's talk about marketing. So, what what's been your most successful marketing technique to grow your practice?
0: Word of mouth, <laughs> which is strange. Um, I live in a very very uh, small. Rural community. Um, I was advertising on Psychology Today, which is it, it's a wonderful place to advertise um, in order to get clients. I I really really am a strong advocate for that therapist finder they have on there because it is like it is like a little therapist like Tinder. You can just look through all your pictures and what are they into? What do they teach? You know what do they do in their practice? What insurance do they take? And then click a button to. To, to get a referral. However, I was finding with psychology today, I was getting eight and 10 referrals a week that I couldn't keep up with. Wow. So I'm a solo practitioner. So I've actually taken down all my marketing. Um, I have a website, but it's mainly used for uh, my clients to access their client portals. Um, so already established clients, um, but word of mouth in, in, in my area is a big thing. Um, I get, I still get two or three referrals a week, just Hey, my friend said she saw you two years ago. Uh, can I get in to see you? Love it. So it's, it's your quality of the care you give is the biggest marketing tool you can have.
1: Ah, oh, that's brilliant. That's gold dust. Thank you so much for that. Okay, so let's talk about books now. So if you <laughs> could write another book, or if you are thinking of writing another book, what would the, t- <laughs> what would the title be?
0: I have no idea. Um, I could write a million books I would love to write a book called your scars will heal and and another book about a journey from trauma to thriving to to post-traumatic growth you know I'm huge on post-traumatic growth
1: so can you write one about glitter put something about glitter in there
0: (laughs) glitter yes
1: (laughs) (laughs) For anyone listening on the on Audible or Spotify, you gotta you gotta check out the YouTube video because Cassie's background is just so colourful and it's <laughs> so cool. <laughs> last time she came on, we had to rearrange this, but last time she came on, I said, "Oh, make sure you keep the same background because we love that." Okay, brilliant, <laughs> fantastic. On the subject of books, so what's the best therapy book you've ever read, and why? And also, the best, your favourite non-therapy book as well.
0: Um, so it's kind of a combo, the, the, the bet, my favorite non-therapy book and the book that literally changed my life was Prozac Nation by Elizabeth Wurtzel. Um, Prozac Nation was a book that I read in the very start of my illness. And, and it was something that I read and was like, holy crap, I am not going through this by myself. What I'm going through is a thing. It exists. Other people are going through this. And they're having just as much trouble with treatment as I am. And they're having just as many pulls to like seek out some of those reward things and those, those um, negative coping skills as I am and the impulsivity and, and all the things she talks about. But the way she speaks in that book about her journey and that just pure, raw emotion. Uh, Elizabeth Wurzel was my therapist in my 20s. She was reading her reading reading Prozac Nation reading her she had a follow up book more again later reading bitch she wrote a a book about um, strong women and, and, and feminist women icons and things like that reading her books in my 20s was just my therapy it was how I got through it.
1: Do you think she ever did? She never did therapy herself. though. I mean, she never was.
0: Oh, therapist. no, I'm sure she. Oh, I don't know. She was never a therapist. She was always a writer. She was a poet. She was a writer. She was um, a music uh, writer. She wrote a lot regarding music. Um, but all of her books, uh, aside from Bitch, were, were mental health
1: yeah, oriented you when know? you said she was my therapist, I just thought she was my <laughs> like, oh, no, not cool. a, no, she
0: was like my personal, like, man, I could just read those books and, and really just feel that sense of she's hearing me, she's hearing everything inside my head. Like when you hear a song and it just totally resonates with you, and you're like, Wow, this person is in my head, you know. And yeah. so, I watched what she went through, and I kind of modeled some of my own treatment after it as well um because i was like she's
1: just right there with me it just reminds me of my my favorite non-therapy therapy therapy book when i was a kid growing up which was the way of the peaceful warrior by dan millman um and i remember reading that book and going wow there's this whole like world of self-development out there i never even knew existed and they obviously turned that into a film now with uh i think it's chuck norris or something i can't remember who was there (laughs) but it's like you know throughout the trash throughout the trash dan it was like oh He's talking about my thoughts in my head. I never even realised I could do that. I was like, that's so cool. That's brilliant. I love that one. Uh, okay, so what is your top tip? I think I, I think I know what this is going to be. Get on a floaty, get in the pool, put the 90s <laughs> music on. <laughs> that is such a good tip, by the way. What is your top tip for mental health in the world today?
0: You are you are so close. <laughs> um, my top tip. For mental health in the world today is get in touch with the things that you absolutely love doing and that brought you joy as a child and try to work those into your adult life. I so I loved floaties and swimming when I was a kid. I loved going into Lake Erie and, and just getting, you know, covered in dirt and disgustingness, but sitting in the water and enjoying it. Um, and I do that now. Uh, I was a huge fan of Barbies until I was like way past the age I should have been a fan of barbies um but I love dressing them up and 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 making them just wear whatever they wanted to wear and be whatever they wanted to be and so I have a probably four closets in my house no one else in my house gets a closet but I have about four um <laughs> that is just a giant collection of of sheen clothes basically um but like just you know unique things and and I never needed to look like a Barbie, but I, man, I always wanted to dress like one. So <laughs> finding those little things we did as kids that just brought us joy and getting in touch with that inner child state and that, and doing them in adults and allowing them to manifest in our adult life. Uh, they it, finding joy is just priceless.
1: That's brilliant. I love that one. Okay. Now it's competition time. So here we go. You want to win one, win one of these. Tell us a fact that blows our mind or tell us a joke that's one of a kind to win an exclusive, and they are exclusive, by the way. There's not many of them made. Therapist to Millions t-shirt. We only ask that you take a picture of yourself when we send it to you just so we can add it to our gallery. Um, But Which is it going to be? Fact or joke?
0: I am going to tell you a joke. Um, I am not not funny. I am not good at jokes, but I'm going to tell you the funniest little EMDR fact in the entire world. Do you see this thing? This is an EMDR light bar. Okay. Back here. Okay. So this provides bilateral stimulation to my clients. It's not on right now. There's a light that bounces from side to side on the bar. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That light. Sometimes I use it and it's red. And the other day I used it and it was red. And my cat was in my office. And that this is not a laser pointer by any means, but that cat was ready to pounce in the middle of, like, a trauma reprocessing session, and I was about, I was like, this is the most nerve-wracking EMDR session I've ever been in my life, because I have a 22-pound cat that was sitting on the floor looking at the light bar, and you could see his little butt wiggling, and he was like, I'm ready to go, and, (laughs) you know, and I'm off camera during this, and they're watching the light bar, and I, I'm like, Pausing the light movement, take a breath. What are you noticing? And as I'm doing that, I'm grabbing the cat, throwing him out the office (laughs) to get my own chi (laughs) re-regulated because I was so stressed out. So that's my kind of funny joke is the EMDR light bars can easily be mistaken by your feline friends as a laser pointer. And it can cause many, many problems.
1: (laughs) Oh, you definitely get a T-shirt for that. That is absolutely brilliant. I love that. I'm just imagining that scenario. That is so, so cool. That's brilliant. Cassie, you've been an absolute pleasure. Listen, how can people get a hold of you or contact you?
0: So um, I can be reached. um, It's the USA, so 1-440-941-5722. They can reach me via phone or via text. Um, and I can be emailed at C E A T O N L P C C at gmail.com.
1: Fantastic. We're going to put those details in the show notes and just, yeah. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule to, to share some amazing <laughs> Facts with us, and also about your own journey as well. We'll also put a link to your book. Is it still available? The book.
0: It is um the the second book, the book that I'm featured in by Lee, the uh, edited by Lee Gutkind through Creative Nonfiction. The same time next week uh indistinguishable chairs is the art of the piece that i wrote for that book um that one's definitely available in queen probably is um i'm not sure uh that it's just more of a bunch of ramblings from my brain at age 20 um <laughs> so i don't advertise it as much
1: wonderful and we'll also put a link to your to your favorite author as well so thank you so much for taking the time with us today really enjoyed this this conversation
0: thank you so much for sir for having me i i just completely appreciate it and and i'm so excited for what you're doing here with this podcast and 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 getting a, a chance to see what does make therapists tick and yeah and it's it's a really great opportunity for people to get out there and talk
1: about their work wonderful thanks very much if you enjoyed this week's episode of the Therapist to Millions podcast, may we invite you to check out our free for life Therapist to Millions online membership course for therapists and coaches who want to grow their business without trading more time for dollars. We've created the world's premier digital marketing resource exclusively for therapists and it's yours for free for life. Just head over to therapisttomillions.com and sign up now.